Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More, a podcast presented by Bristol Studio. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Vic Law. It was good again. Today is a special episode. We are going to tap in with Vic and see where he's at on his journey. Uh, a lot has changed for him in the last month. So Vic, if you want to speak to that a little bit and kind of let everyone know what's been going on in your life. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we kind of started this podcast with me um, being a member of the Orlando Magic. Uh, being down in Florida, uh, almost being, you know, I think the first time we started recording this, I was in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm in Australia, which is funny, you know, it's such a long journey and uh, different environment. But since uh, December 8th, I've been in Australia playing for the Brisbane Bullets um, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I've, I've started to really assimilate and uh, adjust to being an Aussie. Can you walk us through kind of what happened, what led you to seek this opportunity? Yeah, so once the season ended, um, you know, I, I kind of let the you know let the dust settle. Kind of had a, had a nice little vacation and began working out. And oh, is that when you, know, you were in LA? After, yeah, that's what I you know me and <laughs> me and me and you were were kicking it, uh, but. <laughs> I didn't have any worries, man. You know, I thought everything would kind of go smoothly. Yeah. I was uh, all G League third team as a rookie, you know, and, and after talking to my agent, it was just, you know, Vic, you've done your part. You know, it's you've done what we need you to do. Now it's our turn to do the job. And, and so, you know, I kind of left it at that. You know, I took my vacation to L.A., relaxed, you know, spent time with family. But then I really started working out uh, really hard uh, with my trainer, Jeff Pazliaka, up in Chicago. You know, I had a couple opportunities to go to Miami or go to L.A., but I thought, Staying in Chicago would really, you know, keep me focused and keep me um, on the right path of, of getting where I wanted to go. Which was to so, stay in the NBA and, and work on getting right. a guaranteed contract. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, worst case scenario, we thought another two-way. Mm. Um, and you keep building, right? And uh, as we went through it, um, it just seemed like the market just really tough especially for uh, two ways. You know, the NBA had lost money. Teams were didn't have as much money as they had before. So it was a, a tough free, free agency environment, really. Like, you know, after calling my, I would call my agent, you know, what's going on, what's going on. And he wouldn't really have too many answers. Just teams are still evaluating, still trying to see what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, those couple of months were probably the most anxiety-filled months I've had in a long time. And, you know, after a while, we started getting, like, some non-guaranteed stuff, some training camp deals. And it's just not what we thought, you know, where we would be, right? And mm-hmm. I'm uh, pretty, you know, faithful. And, uh, you know, it's just all in God's time, you know. You just got to kind of – what you're turning, right? You can't rush your uh, your journey, your path. Um, and, and one night, I think, right after the deadline, like, when the Magic didn't want to pick up my option uh, or, like, pick me up as a, as a two-way because I was restricted – uh, I called my agent, like, you know, what are we going to do? Like, what, what's next? And he said, would you be open to going overseas, right? And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Like, that hadn't been something on my mind uh, going into it. Um, before, but, before he brought that up, right, so you, that hadn't been something on your mind. When you initially heard that, when your agent right. said that to you, did you feel like 
oh, he doesn't believe in me at all? Or, or was there any like initial feeling of, oh, we, we have no option in the NBA where now we're looking elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Or like, how did you receive that information? Right. At first, you know, it's, it's easy. Like the natural thing is to look internally and say, like, maybe I'm not, am I not good enough? Like, what am I not doing? Or what didn't I do last year that like couldn't get me there? But uh, being as confident as I am and, and knowing myself, just I was like, no, nah, like I did. You know, I did my part. You know, I did what I thought I had to do to get there. And after, you know, after I called him and he said, you know, would you be open overseas? I kind of said, man, I'm just open to, I'm open to the best option, you know, wherever I can go and be happy that can utilize me and we're going to, but you're going to play basketball, right? And so I hung up and literally I hung up and I went on like a two mile walk in Chicago and freezing, you know, Chicago yeah. fall. Uh, just to kind of clear my head and just think about like, Leave you know, the what's next? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, what's next now? Now I have to think about like, if I'm, if I'm going to go overseas, what does that look like? If I'm going to have to compete for, for like anything really like scraps and get an NBA, like, what does that look like? You know, now it's just a whole new thought process and battleground. Um, so I got back home after, you know, kind of going all around South Holland, uh, I get home and he calls me right back. Uh, he says, you know, we got this good opportunity in Australia. Um, they want to get on a Zoom call with you right now and talk and kind of interview you and see if you would fit. It was uh, that fast. Team. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, like, as soon as I walked back in the house, he yeah. called me again and said, you know, we got, we got something. So I jumped on Zoom call. I talked to Coach Lamanis, CJ, Bandy, Sam McKinnon. Uh, and all great dudes, like, I, you know, hit it off. Me, like, I think they're four great individuals who are four great basketball minds. And it just seemed like they were, you know, they were excited about me, you know, like they seemed to have to, a, a genuine thrill around, you know, wanting to have me come to Australia and play. Um, so, and they also, on top of that, they also needed a decision for me quite quickly. Uh, How much so time came did you have? A day. So it was that night and I had to decide it by the next morning. So it came down to because they, you know, they obviously they are, are a good team in Australia. A lot of Europe was up in the air because of COVID, and they know they were going to play. So Australia right now has like little to no COVID cases. So it's really the like one of the only leagues that's like for certain. And it's funny saying for certain because the league itself still is yeah. iffy on how many games it'll play. But uh, certain that they were going to play and then still play a very high quality game of basketball. They wanted me to decide quickly. Um, and, you know, I talked to my family and it came down to uh, either going to Australia, going to like Golden State on like a training camp thing or going to, or waiting it out. Right. And trying to do the G League again. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, man, let's just go to Australia. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's try it. Let's try something new, man. Let's, what, let's do it. And- what was it about trying that new opportunity out that excited you rather than going to Golden State? and mm-hmm. fighting through training camp or going back to the G League yeah, and showing people again, right. you know, you don't belong there. What was it about Australia that felt like a new, exciting opportunity for you? Uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, like, F that whole, you know, ah, he's not good enough, he's not ready to process that. F, like, forget that. You know, like, I did, like I said, like, I showed that I'm talented and I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Basketball player, right? And for, for me to, like, to have to scratch and call and do all it again. Like, I, I could have, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I could have done that. But there's also a lot of exposure over here and overseas. You make more money. You're in a much better living, like, situation. So just for, for me, in my own headspace, like, I'd rather come here, play. Because, I, like, the only way you can get – and then at the time, no one knew if the G League was going to happen, right? Yeah. No one, no one 
could tell like that that's gonna be a thing. So I was like, yeah, now nah, like I can, I'll roll the dice. Like if I gotta roll the dice, I'll roll the dice in Australia, play, get better, be on a team that wants to utilize me. Like that, I don't want to like play Russian roulette with a G League team, whether they're gonna like showcase only their two ways or do whatever, right? And you're just kind of like left by the wayside. So come out here, and I, I feel like I've made the right decision. Um, yeah. I think um, it, it just fits, feels well. I love the team, love the the, the organization and the, the culture out here is just really cool. So I thought I made the right decision, man. And when this is all said and done after the season, I'll reevaluate my options. But I think being out here opens more doors than just staying at home. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, so you had about a day to make this decision, roughly mm-hmm. from the time where you like first came to terms with, okay, the NBA might not be where I'm going to be at next season to having to make a decision, deciding to go play for Brisbane. You get on a flight. Brisbane. Come, come on now. Brisbane. Brisbane. You, sound, you Brisbane. sound American. I've never been to Australia. So, you know, cut me some slack. Right. So how long till you want a flight to Australia? Once you made your decision, how much time was there in between? Probably uh, two, like a week and a half, two weeks before I week flew out here. Yeah. So it wasn't horrible, but it was a pretty quick turnaround. It wasn't like, yeah. okay, we'll get you out. Like I made the decision around, uh, Thanksgiving and I was right there. So yeah, I, I had about a, I had about two weeks to like to like pack. And and what's funny is like pack. You're going across the world, or you got to pack in two weeks. And I took two uh, like huge like luggage yeah. cases. Yeah. And uh, two carry ons. And I mean, honestly, had I, all I needed was my PS5 and, and two. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I, I was it gonna out, say. Though. So once you got to Australia, you had to quarantine for 14 days, right? Two weeks. Oh yeah. The hotel room. Oh, Australia, like, credit talk, to Australia. Talk us that. They take uh, quarantine, you know, like, and, like, COVID super seriously, and that's why they're one of the countries. Yeah, that doesn't have I mean, any and the continents that doesn't have any, like, issues. Yeah, like, they have, they have very small amounts of COVID, but, like, so to put it in perspective, the state that Brisbane's in, Queensland, had one confirmed case. The whole city went on lockdown for three days. Like, they tell you, like, it's very, very serious here because you live a normal life. Like, it's... yeah. You don't walk, do you walk with a mask or no? So, so now because, you know, we're in the two week period, like when the case is confirmed, they want people, if you go outside, wear a mask. Got you. But, like, but, but before that, you weren't wearing a mask. No, nah, man. It, we, if I walked to a mall, people were just Hard out. Hard to imagine. Walking, eating, breathing on each other. Hard to imagine. Right. Uh, but so, so you did um, two weeks in your hotel room. What did you do yes, for uh, two okay. weeks? What was your, what was so, your average day? I mean, before the hotel uh, you fly in, and uh, like the, the whole um, customs and the boarding process takes forever too, because when when you get in, you get in and like say say you land right, I saw yeah. that in Sydney, say like four planes land in Sydney around the same time. Your plane is like the your little group or pod, right? That's like the the group that goes to the same quarantine hotel. So like every plane has to deboard, sanitize, do a little health <laughs> check go through customs, get their bag, get checked off again. Then the National Guard takes you to a hotel that's specifically for quarantine. So when we finally like got into all that, you know, saw the nurses do all that, we got on the bus and you fill all this information so they can kind of like contact trace you. Yeah. Got to the hotel and, uh, the, you know, the, the guard kind of takes you up. It's like, all right, man, good luck. And you just, you're in your room. <laughs> Good luck. For two weeks. Yeah. In your room for two weeks. So I was doing everything from like, I was trying to game all day. 
I was reading. I got the new Barack Obama book to like just calling family. Like I was just calling fools left and right, trying to just take up time. And dude, it, it like for a while there, like I was stressing, like, bro, there's nothing. <laughs> I was checking I in on you. This. I was checking in on you. And I remember like, I think it was a, I checked in on you like four days in. You seem fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven days seemed tough. Nine days. Oh, man. I was, that was scary. I was, expi- <laughs> I was expiring like old milk. I was going, man, day in and day out. Because it's the same thing every day, right? Like, yeah. And, and I wasn't adjusted to the time yet. Um, but it's kind of funny. Like, I still don't know if I'm adjusted yet, but it's 18 I feel hours. Fine. It's 18 hours yeah. from where I'm at in LA. Right. So I, I'll, so I'll, I'll like wake up at 5, 5 30 every morning. But when I was in Sydney, like, I would go to sleep at like 8 p.m. You know, get up at 5 a.m., right? And so you wake up at 5 a.m. You like work out, you watch TV, you stretch, do all that you game. You might watch practice because we were they would send us a Zoom link to watch practice. The the players that, that were already the players that were already in Australia that already quarantined already with the team were having practice we're and practice, you were watching yeah, yeah. it from your hotel yeah. room. Got you. Yeah, me and Orlando were. Um, and so like after all that, it might be like two thirty p.m. You're like, well. I've been up since five. Like, I don't know what else you want me to I, I'm supposed to do in the day. Yeah. So I'll try to take a nap in the middle of the day for a couple of hours and I'll watch a couple of movies or something. And then normally by like seven, eight, I'm, I'm tired. That's tough. And, just, and then do it again the next day. Yeah, man. I was ordering bottles of wine, just trying to <laughs> relax. I was trying to do anything, man. I was calling, I don't know. When did you start feeling like you were almost done? Like, was it day 11? You were like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm yeah, almost so- making it through. When did the second my last wind kick day, in? My last day was a Tuesday. So that week, like the weekend leading up to it, like, you know, that Saturday, I was like, oh, I'm almost done. And then I think that Saturday was my last COVID test in the hotel. And once that was done and they said, you're clear, I was like, oh, I'm on a home stretch now. So it wasn't that bad after that. And what was the first thing you did once you got out? Uh, I mean, it was just, it was funny, just like breathing fresh air. Again, yeah. Like getting, the, getting in the uh, Uber. Um, but once I got to the airport, like I saw my mask on and stuff, but they were, you know, people were just walking around like normal. Like it was weird. I have my mask, you know, I'm fully ready to like hazard myself with people. People just walking around like normal, <laughs> ready to fly out of Sydney. It's so crazy. I, I just can't even imagine having to, to quarantine for two weeks. Like, I, I know that's, yeah. that's, that people have to do that, especially when they get the virus, but I can't imagine going through all the testing and being negative and still having to to go through that and like you're i'm sure you're eager to go outside you're in a new place you, yeah. you've been to australia before um and and you have this exciting opportunity to play in a new league and you're just like right you know how big was your hotel room it's like shoebox it wasn't that big at yeah. all yeah so you're just going crazy Couldn't do anything well i mean once i as soon as i landed in brisbane i went the general manager of the team picked me up and we went straight to practice so it was cool it was good to like be able to go and meet the guys and stuff and, and what was that like? How, how did that feel versus can you compare and contrast that to what it was like maybe the first time you got with your with the Orlando Magic and with the NBA team? What, what were the differences, similarities? Um, what did you notice right off the bat? Well, there's so much turnover in the NBA that like, you know, new guy comes in. They're all nice, but it's like, oh, how, how are you? Like, they kind of got to warm up to you. Whereas here it was, uh, they were super excited and I felt more like a family atmosphere uh, when I met them. And I had been, you know, I, I had met him before because while I was in quarantine, I was talking to some of the guys. Like when we would um, zoom in for practice, we would talk and like, you know, laugh and joke. Um, but it was good finally putting a face to everybody and, and really getting to meet them. 
And then what would you say once you got comfortable and you were playing and, and practicing, mm-hmm. what would you say was noticeably different about Australian basketball and like their style of play versus what you were used to? Yeah. So my friends have been asking, I would say uh, it's much more team oriented. Like you do have like, you know, some very talented individuals in this league, but it's much more team oriented. Like, you know, they run more of, it's not as much ISO basketball as in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They still play with pace. Um, a lot more – it's, like, much more physical. Like, just physicality is, is uh, I feel like, emphasized a lot. Uh, whereas in the NBA, it's kind of like pace and space. You have your physical players just really leave the, co- the court open to, to for driving lanes and stuff. Uh, you can sit in the paint here. Like, there's no defense of three seconds, which is a, a huge game changer. I don't know. Like, it, it's similar. Uh, have you the refs are part are part time here. Which is have, you, <laughs> have you felt like you need <laughs> to change anything about your style of play? to fit with the team? No, like, I, no, I just, I don't think so. I think, you know, they brought me here for a reason. So yeah. I, I have to stay true to that. But I also have to be cognizant of like building a chemistry and synergy with the guys, which has been super easy because they're great guys. Well, that, I mean, that sounds like a, an amazing, like family team setup to have. Uh, how yeah. excited were you for the first game, which happened on Saturday, last Saturday, correct? Mm-hmm. Or Sunday, your time? It happened on Saturday, so Saturday. Friday your time. Friday my time. Uh, How excited were you for excited. that? Yeah, very. I was pumped to finally get out there and and play. And you had fans. Yeah, it was a we packed house. Since the bubble, it was uh they so because of the one COVID case they reduced the fifty percent capacity. Fifty so percent, maybe like so maybe like twenty six hundred people there. Okay, how, how but did still it feel? was pretty yeah. loud. Yeah, it was like a pretty good atmosphere. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I was happy to to be out there and playing and. The, the gym had energy like you know and it felt good again like it was much different than playing in the bubble and it's just it's weird saying like it felt good to have fans again because you know like you would think you know like that's like just intrinsically yeah. part of the game but yeah the fans do make such a big difference what are your takeaways from that game like kind of looking back on it like what what did you think went well what do you think didn't went what didn't go so well um what are you looking forward to improving like kind of what were those things that you got uh, out of that ex- that first experience in the NBL? I thought it was, uh, you know, like after the game, I was pretty down on myself. We lost. I thought I could have done it more, but I, mean, I had a double-double, so I can't, you know, really kill myself too much. Um, but just really make uh, continue to make the game easier for my teammates and myself. Uh, I took, I think, a little too many fadeaways uh, that I probably didn't need to. You've been watching too much uh, NBA. Got to be. Uh, just get getting my feet set and uh, – really still consistently getting used to the basketballs here because uh, the ball here is like the the kind of like the Wilson High School ball in okay. America as opposed to like the slick Spalding ball in the NBA. Uh, so still just going to adjust to that. So what, so, um, so it has more grip is what you're saying? Way more grip. Way more grip. It like sticks to your hand. Got you. Where, you know, so it's weird because the NBA ball, like you have to like almost like hold it to like yeah. hold it. And this one, if you hold it too much, you're like, you know, you're going to palm it. No, I totally, uh, I totally know what you're talking about from all of my NBA experience. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's all I'm, I, I'm very familiar with the NBA basketball. <laughs> a shooter like yourself, I'm, I'm sure. A, a sharpshooter you know, like myself. Well, they, well, the the way they talk here, they might call you a meat, meat and potatoes guy. What does that mean? Just, you know, it's like the guy, the, the, the dirty work guy, like the, <laughs> the, the hard hat guy, you know. The enforcer, the grit, you know, the grit uh, yeah. grind. He's rebounding, getting layups. He's running, setting hard screens. You know, he's the one that's, that's doing I'll all the dirty it. work. I'll take it. Whatever I can get. 
Um, but, but yeah, man, I, I, I don't know if you have anything else you want to include on this episode, but um, feel free to add in anything uh, else. Otherwise we'll tap again. Well, ugh, otherwise we'll tap in again down the line. We talk about the goals, my goals for this season. Your goals. A little bit. Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Uh, so I want to win. So I want to get the bullets back in the playoffs. Um, they're one of the storied uh, or like more traditional uh, organizations yeah. in the league. Uh, and they haven't made the playoffs in like three years. So I want to get them back in the playoffs um, playing very well. Because you also know winning makes everything more fun. Yeah. Uh, so getting them to – getting all of us to play well, um, it's, it's I think will be great. I want to make all an all-NBL team be one of the – like a top five or top ten leading scorer in the league. Um, and just put – help put my team in position to win, I think, if I'm all-NBL. Uh, averaging near a double-double and scoring a good amount of points efficiently, uh, I think we'll have a, a good chance to succeed and win this year. All right, man. Well, you said it now on the podcast, so we're going to hold you to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk again. I'm back in LA, <laughs> We'll check man. back in. Yep, we will. All right, man. Appreciate you. Yep. Thanks, Jake. Peace. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio, sound editing by Rashad Allen, music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.